news is one of the most insightful businesswomen that I know. Sarah is absolutely amazing. Sarah's wisdom, enthusiasm, and positive outlook on life motivates me to be a better person. Her ability to see the very best in people is just awesome. Sarah's coaching and mentoring inspired me to become an entrepreneur. What an inspiration. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, who's my husband, Adam. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you? Good. We took some time off. Time off. (laughs) And we're back. Yeah, we're back at it. We have a busy season coming up. Did you fire me once? Um, in the middle? <laughs> no, you're just, you're very busy. Oh. <laughs> you're hard to schedule. <laughs> you know, my dad had so much fun co-hosting and he asked me like, is this offending Adam? And did I get the job? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not offended, but I'm glad I'm back. Yes, I'm glad. I if, was afraid I would be gone forever. But he did really good. Oh, I knew he would do good. <laughs> it's like he's meant to be like talking to people and stuff. So he might have to come back and visit when you get busy again. Yeah, he would do great, I know. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Well, today we're talking about something that's very interesting to you and somebody that you referred me to. Her name is Emily Jansen, and she is the general manager of the AAA baseball team, the Reno Aces. Yeah, and she is the only female general manager in our industry that's doing this at the AAA level, there I think there's five other uh, females that are GMs in minor league baseball out of 160 teams. Five? Kind of, kind of a crying shame that there's only five. five out of 160. Amazing. She must be really good, too. She is really good. And I think it's uh, fun for me to kind of see what she does amongst a bunch of five 11 to <laughs> 6 1 uh, white males usually yeah. that are kind of somewhere around 40 years old. Yeah. And she comes in and she she knows what she's doing and she she certainly shines. That's so awesome. You know, I think about um, long ago when you had an interview in Dallas and you and I went to some hotel where it was and it was a sporting event. Can we say what it was? Or, yeah. Okay, it was for the Dallas Cowboys. And it was early in your career. And I remember we walked in and it almost felt like a fraternity house with the blue shirts. Like I remember fraternity, like when you'd go to a party or a dance, they all wore like that dark, light blue shirt. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then like the black pants. And you're right, 5'11 to six foot one. And 180 pounds. 180 pounds. They all, you all look the same. It's, it's almost embarrassing. Why is that? I don't know. Like, why are women not in baseball? Like, are they in other sports? You know, I think it, it's certainly becoming more of a trend. And I think that's what's fun about Emily is that she's breaking those barriers. And, yeah. And I've told you that um, there are a lot of really talented women that work on our staff. Mm-hmm. And Emily has motivated them to, know that they can get to that level yeah. and, and it's pushing them to work harder and stay in this business longer because it. it is a great career. Yeah. Just historically isn't really the, the spot for a female to, to work their way to the top yeah. and there's no good explanation and she's proven it. Well, I, you know, part of me does think though, like women don't play baseball. And so like to the defense of baseball, it's like 
probably a lot of people that work in baseball played in base, you know, played and then came and worked on the side or like you grew up playing baseball. So that was something that interests you. The interesting thing about her is she, well, didn't grow up playing baseball as far as I know, didn't play in college or anything, but she has not always been in baseball. She's had a lot of other, um, things that she's done to get her to this point. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. It, and it goes back to, she's good at business mm-hmm. and, and what do we do is we run a business. We don't run baseball. Right. Uh, we try to run a business and, and she does it really well. And I think somehow it's kind of similar to like tippy toes. And yeah. uh, sometimes I sit in the tippy toes conference and look around and all the women look the same <laughs> yeah and sound the same beautiful and amazing <laughs> talented I didn't say that, <laughs> well I hope you did <laughs> well I agree with you but but same kind of thing if, if I was a an owner of a tippy toes franchise yeah. it, would, it would be breaking barriers and yeah it'd be a little bit different but but ultimately running a business and um it's it's fun to watch her shine I love kind that a man's world. That's over there. cool. Yeah. And I love that you're cheering her on. And like I said earlier, you're the one who recommended her to us on our show. And so I'm ex- super excited for people to hear her story. So let's pop over and listen to Emily Jansen with the Reno Aces. Well, I am so excited to have Emily Jansen on our show today, a girl on a mission. Girl, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I am so excited. I There are so many things, and we were just talking off air that we just need to take a vacation together, but there's so many things that we have in common and that we're trying to work for, and we're doing it in our own areas, in our own communities, and I just can't wait for you to share with our audience what exactly it is you do, because it's like two of my worlds collided, but you're doing it all in the same. So tell us what you do. <laughs> Sure. Um, so I am the general manager of the AAA Reno Aces, uh, the affiliate of the Arizona Diamondbacks in Reno, Nevada. I love that. And what is so cool about this is Adam um, works, you know, not with you, I guess, but he's a general manager too for the Nashville Sounds. So he has the same role you have um, in in Nashville where you are in Reno. And what's so cool and also mind boggling is you are the first woman to have this role in 20 years in AAA baseball. That's amazing to me. Yeah, I am. Um, and the third, um, in history. Wow. So, and it's not just in Reno, that's triple A baseball, uh, across the country. Yeah. Yeah. It's so So cool. There's so many things like compacted in that. Like I know when I first, you know, got into baseball with Adam, it was such, it is such a male dominant, sport in the business side of things. I mean, there's women, Adams work with women, you know, throughout his career and they've been amazing, excellent women. Um, however, it's been few and far between really, there'll be, you know, maybe 20 people in his office or 30 people in his office and five will be women. And, but the fact that you have worked in sports and now you are leading a sports team is remarkable. And I think that just tells us what day and age we're coming into too, with you taking on this role and what a voice you have for women, women in sports, working moms, like there's so many things that you're doing and juggling. And I just want to dive in and hear more about it because it's really remarkable. So can you tell us kind of your journey of, 
your story on how you got to this position. Yeah, of course. Um, so in college um, at the University of Illinois, I studied advertising and um, I'd always been involved in sports. I'd played sports my entire life. Um, I played soccer for about 30 seconds at <laughs> University of Illinois. <laughs> and um, after school, I had um, I was interviewing at some agencies in the city. Um, I was offered a job um, at an advertising agency in Chicago. And a girl that I knew from college um, was working for the Chicago Bulls. Mm -hmm. And so I did an informational interview with Lauren and um, I really wanted that to be the place that I started my career. So mm -hmm. I applied, um, they have an eight month ticket sales internship, which is sort of your gateway into working in sports. Um, and I was lucky enough to be selected um, as one of 14 um, just out of college interns wow. to work from June through uh, March of the following year selling season and group tickets. Um, so I really learned the foundation of sports um, is, is ticket sales. They're uh, the lifeblood of your organization. It is, it's so important um, to have a, a strong ticket sales team to connect to your community and, and get those people to your stadium or, or ballpark. Um, and I also learned sales. Mm -hmm. um, I was, believe it or not, in high school, I couldn't even order a pizza on the <laughs> phone. And so for me, that was really stepping outside my comfort zone and challenging myself um, in a whole new way. And it really helped me grow um, as an individual. So that, that was really step one. And then, um, from there, um, I've got quite the run through of, of places that I've worked for, yeah. um, from nonprofits to marketing agencies, to working in, um, major events, special events, lived in a bunch of different cities. And really my message with that is, um, my past is, vast and varied. Mm -hmm. And it is my biggest asset because in my role right now to be a jack of all trades is the ultimate uh, bullet on the resume. Yeah. So um, I, my advice uh, that I give to others um, is to sell your experiences. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, read that job description, look at those bullet points and figure out what you did in your past that qualifies you to fill that role. I um, when I, thank you. When I um, left the Chicago Bulls, my boss told me, if you leave sports, you'll never work in sports again. Mm -hmm. And that was not going to be my story. I right. knew it when I left the office that day. Um, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be true for me. If I wanted to get back in, I would find my way. And, right. um, and lo and behold, I, I did. And I'm in a role today that I really love and enjoy. That is so cool. I love that. Now, when, when your boss said that, because I feel like there's people in our life that do say things and probably not intentionally like to hurt your feelings, but just like, Hey, this is a warning to you. If you get out, you can't get back in. But do you feel like that was a fire moment for you? Like that put fire in your belly to be like, well, I can, if I want anytime I want type thing? Yeah. I mean, it's something that that was in 2006 mm -hmm. and 13 years later, you know, I'm talking about it today right. because it's something that stuck with me in the back of my mind that, um, I had that experience. I owned that experience. I succeeded in that experience. Yeah. 
And so I could use that to propel myself back into the industry in the future, should I so choose. I love that. Now, Emily, let me ask you this, um, because I know for Adam's experience, his goal um, when he got out of college was to be a general manager of a baseball team. Did you have your eye on something so specific as that? Or what were you aiming towards in your career path? Yeah, you know what, Sarah, I did not. I wanted to be at the top, whatever that meant for me and whatever industry that was. Right. So I so I mentioned I, you know, I was an athlete growing up. I wanted to figure out like how could I work in sports and how could I make a difference? How could I make an impact? How could I help people? Like those were those were and those are the foundations of of my career and what I what I want to do every single day. And so the job and the title didn't, the job and and that title that I held within that industry or that company wasn't what was the most important. It was boiling down to what I would, what I would get to do every day Mm -hmm. and how I could make an impact and then getting to the top of that industry position or business. Yeah. To make the biggest impact. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And the higher you climb, the larger the influence and the bigger the impact that you have the chance to make. I love that. I love that. That is so cool. Now this job, so you've worked in Reno for five years. Is that correct? I was here with the team for three, for three years. For three years. Okay. Okay. And there's got to be several um, detours that have happened. And I know, and I I shouldn't say a detour, but things that happen to women that often don't happen to men, like having children. So now you're a working mom running a company. I mean, talk to us a little bit about that because you have a two and four year old. How is that, that you're able to still keep your eye on your goals and dreams as a woman while still juggling your family in such a magnificent way? Yeah. So there is a lot, um, (laughs) a lot to unpack here. So I'm trying to decide where exactly to go. But um, for me, I think first and foremost, my, my power word is intention. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what, what are my intentions and all I say and do in every hour of every day. Mm -hmm. And for some people, maybe that sounds exhausting, but I would encourage them to really think about that and really think about owning your life and owning your day. Right. Um, and, and that's what's really helpful to me. So um, back my uh, back in 2014 um, was when I had my son, uh, Magnus, and I was working for the Reno Aces and uh, married and my husband and I were ready to start our family. Um, and I got pregnant and I was terrified, <laughs> I think would probably be the right word right. to to describe that experience. And I, you know, I struggled through um, the first trimester, mm-hmm. you know, not wanting to tell anybody that I was expecting and mm-hmm. feeling sick every day, but just owning my day, trying to own my goals, um, still really having still to trying show to work up. hard. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, um, when I um, was ready to tell my boss, who's Eric, who's still my boss today, mm-hmm. that I was expecting, um, I, I took my time in thinking about how I would deliver that news. Mm-hmm. And I decided that when I delivered that news, I would come up with my plan. Right. Um, at the time, the company had less than 35 employees. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's oftentimes confusion with women about 
how much time do we get to take off? I'm Googling FMLA and it's 50 <laughs> employees or more. And I'm working with all these boys and nobody has kids. I'm just like, yes, gosh, I, you know, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to create my own. Right. So I talked with my husband and I said, okay, he's due in September. Um, I'm Which is perfect for a baseball season. You know, it's like yeah, September's it, a good was, time. <laughs> Yeah, it was really good, except I was working in corporate partnerships mm. and our that's our sales mm. time. That's when we get to our clients and we pitch yeah. marketing ideas and get all the deals closed. And I was so worried that, um, you know, all of this good was happening in my life. I couldn't have been more excited about having a son, but I was really concerned about my career because I knew I was going to be a working mom. I knew right. I wanted to be a working mom. So when I went in to say I was pregnant, I said, you know, I'm pregnant and this is what I want to do. And so I presented a plan that was um, a two week vacation and a 12 week pseudo maternity leave where I would reduce my hours to 20 a week, including my pay. Uh And when he was six weeks old, I would take a couple meetings a week. um, But I would need the support of the team. Mm -hmm. So I would need Eric. I would need some of the other guys that were on the partnership team. I would make the calls. I would set the meetings. I would do the pitches. I would work on the proposals, but I would need somebody to physically represent me in the meetings if I couldn't get there because I had a newborn baby. Right. And um, that also included a report at the end of every week to um, let him know what I had done or what I had accomplished. And um, I think I was about um, six weeks in when I closed my first partnership deal from my computer in my house, (laughs) like with my baby, you know, on my lap. And I, it was one of my proudest moments and, um, it just, the journey just continued. Mm -hmm. I got the support that I needed from the team in the office. And I know that I got that because I was clear yeah. I was transparent. I communicated, I shared information, um, and I let them know where I was at. Right. And so when I arrived back in the office, um, in January, I, my son was 14 weeks old. Mm. Um, I was prepared to drop him off. I thankfully didn't have, you know, it was sad to, right. to leave him at his, his little school, but I was ready because I had continued my life. Right. I didn't, stop everything. Um, on maternity leave, I kept working and mm-hmm. I kept showing up for my husband and for yeah. my work. And, but I, I also had a new addition to the family. And so I think I was better prepared to, to come back to the office. Right. And so when that morning arrived, um, I got called in, um, right away to Eric's office. And I was <laughs> like, what is this about? You know, yeah. is this a welcome back? Like we've been <laughs> talking constantly, you know, and um, he welcomed me back and offered me a promotion and a raise. Wow. What a guy. That's awesome. That's, yeah, that's incredible. Cause he just, I mean, just talking to you, I'm like, wow, you're really buttoned up and have it together that I'm sure that's what he and the team saw is there's something really special inside of this girl that, you know, she can be out, but she, you know, from work, but still accomplish all the things we've asked her to do. So that, that must've been huge to you. It was, it was, it was total validation, um, for all that I had done, you know, and, and that I had achieved what I had set out to do. And 
when you're a new mom, you have no idea how you're going to feel or how you're (laughs) going to react or what that's going to look like. And, um, you know, I was, there was a little luck involved that Magnus was a great baby and Mm -hmm. we got on a good schedule and, um, everything worked out really well, but I have to think that, um, a lot of it worked out the way that it did, because that's what I had planned for. Right. And that's what I had set out to achieve. And so really making those intentions come Mm -hmm. to fruition and come to life and just not taking no for an answer. I was going to find my way to success and to all of us. Exactly. Exactly. Now listening to you, Emily, it seems I'm thinking about our listeners that like they have a goal. Like I I like this position at my company or I want to do this or have a dream to do that. Um, but a lot of times the fear and failure come into our mind of like, how am I, but how am I going to do this? Did you ever have those moments where there's failures or frustrations or detours, or has it seemed to all just kind of work really simply for you? Oh no, heck no. I've had so (laughs) many failures and in failure is where I think we really grow Mm -hmm. because you have to figure it out. You have to figure out how you're going to get to the next step. So Um, earlier in this conversation, I mentioned my time, um, with the Chicago bulls Mm -hmm. and I was one of 14 interns. We were fighting our way to two full-time, um, season ticket sales positions. Mm -hmm. And our goal during that internship was selling group tickets and selling season tickets. Now in the end, I finished first in group sales, Why am I not? which was, (laughs) Which was great, but you know what? I didn't get the job. I was not offered one of the two positions. That's really surprising. And my message is that failure can open a door. Mm. So I, you know, I knew that I didn't, I didn't want to live in a season ticket sales role forever, but I wasn't exactly sure what my next step would be. Mm. And the failure made me take that next step and figure out what the next opportunity would be. And, uh, I enjoyed, um, I knew I wanted to serve the community. Um, I, I really enjoyed the couple of times that I got to volunteer with some not-for-profits. And so I started to investigate, um, what that would look like, um, to work for a big nonprofit in Mm -hmm. Chicago And I had the opportunity to interview and got the job with Muscular Dystrophy Association Chicago. And what that allowed me to do over the three and a half years I worked there was a myriad of different things, um, including event planning and execution. I um, worked on garnering new business and new donors. I created sports partnerships um, for them to the major sports teams because I understood that landscape that eventually um, and eventually grew to hosting a huge gala, um, with all of the, the teams. Um, I worked on, um, relationship building. So what, what does that look like to bring somebody into that ecosystem, steward that donor, um, and make them understand all that they're doing by providing these gifts of their time and talent, um, to kids and adults that have these horrible diseases. Mm -hmm. And, for me, that experience really stretched and, and allowed me to grow, grow and blossom into the woman that I wanted to be. I wanted to be somebody who was in service to her community. I wanted to do events. I wanted to understand 
more of that B2B relationship and, and a mutually beneficial um, relationship between nonprofit and donor, like all of these things that had yeah. I stayed in the role, had I won the role, my path would have been pretty linear. Right. And yeah this failure really uncovered a huge opportunity for me. I love that. I do love failure. Now I don't ever love it in the moment. Um, but, (laughs) but when we look back and can see in those moments of failures and frustrations, how do we pivot or move forward or what do we do? Because oftentimes, um, that, that a lot of times says who we are really, you know, it's like, okay, I'm not going to let this get me down. Or sometimes it can just swipe the feet out of you. And you're like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And you look at things different, you get different perspective. And so that happening to you, you know, not getting the job, it sounds like you should have gotten the job, like really assessing, okay, well, do I want this that bad? Or what do I want? And you can kind of assess things a little bit better. So I think that's awesome. And I, I'm a big fan of failure. Um, a few years later, you know, I'm like, I, I never like yes. it in the moment. But when I have looked back at the pivotal moments in my life and in my career, um, it's always been right after a big egg on my face or feels like a failure that is really hard to push forward to. Um, while I have you kind of talking about failure, um, and, and jobs and motherhood and all this stuff. I know one of the big things for women and I work from home and I own my own business. However, I still feel this too. The constant pull of when I'm working, I feel like I should be with my kids. And when I'm with my kids, there's always work to be done. And I don't, I'd love to know from your perspective, from, um, you know, going to work, do you feel those same pressures or do you ever feel like you're not where you should be? Or, and if so, how do you manage that? Yeah. Um, a hundred percent. I mean, when you have all of these tremendous gifts, a job and children and a family, and, um, you, you can't, you're one person, you can only be at one place at a time. And so what I tell myself is be where you are. So if I'm at work, I owe it to this company who's given me such a tremendous opportunity to put in 110%. Right. When I'm at home with my kids, I don't take out my cell phone. I don't take it out of my bag until after my two-year-old has gone to bed, yeah. unless I'm taking a picture of him. Right. Because <laughs> I don't want him to know his mommy as always looking down and typing mm-hmm. on her phone. Mm-hmm. If I decide to go to yoga at lunch, I'm going to be on at yoga and I'm going to stay on my mat and I'm going to mute the notifications <laughs> on my Apple watch, right. you know, and, and be there because that's also important time mm-hmm. for me. And I, I don't want to make it sound easy. It's, it is not easy, but yeah. it's something that you have to try and just practice every single day. Yeah. yeah. And be disciplined with it. Right. Exactly. To, to be where you are because mm-hmm. your job, your husband, your kids, yourself, I mean, your workout, whatever it is that you do to take care of yourself, all of those things deserve a hundred percent of you and your attention. Um, And so one of the tools that I use to help me with that is when I get up in the morning, um, I look at my schedule for Mm -hmm. the day and I try to plan out all the things that I want to get done that day and the times of when I'm going to do them. So in the morning, um, I don't leave for work 
to drop off my kids and go to work until eight o'clock. And so I'll schedule the time in there. Okay. This is when I make their lunches. Mm -hmm. This is when we have breakfast. Like I have set my mind that I'm going to spend that hour with them versus throwing on their clothes, rushing them out the door and dropping them off at, at their preschool. What don't get me wrong. There's some days that I do have to do that, (laughs) but when I do that, I've set myself up for that. I know I have a meeting at 8am or I've got to be somewhere before my allotted time. So I try to be prepared for that mentally Mm -hmm. so that I'm not stressing and, you know, yelling, like, get your shoes, wear your socks, you know? Yeah. Cause that (laughs) happens with your water bottle. Right. Right, Exactly. Um, but if I know that I've given myself that time Mm -hmm. to get them ready, Mm -hmm. um, the same thing with being at my office, if I've planned to leave here at four in the afternoon or at six, or at 11 PM, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the day, like I need to use the time that I'm here wisely. wisely. Mm-hmm. I love exactly. that. Yeah. I love that. And I think oftentimes it's when we're not back to your word, intentional about what our days look like, that's when they can get away from us. And then that's where the pull happens and that's where the frustrations happen. But when we can, I always say, um, do less with more focus. Like if we can focus on the things that really matter instead of doing so many things and having so many balls in the air, but not able to really truly focus on anything, then it's very sloppy, you know, but when we can really be like, okay, these are the people and these are the tasks that are most important to us. It just helps shift our mind and declutters our mind to actually be successful in all the areas that we want to be. Yeah, that is so good and so accurate. I, I feel like, um, I don't know, for me, it's sort of been in the last year that we used to celebrate this multitasking mm-hmm. and now the dialogue has changed to that person is a monotasker and they're fantastic. Yes, and they're so good, right? Yeah, yeah. At, at staying at staying focused. And I would say the one other thing um, is that we have to be realistic with Mm -hmm. ourselves. I mean, I could walk into work each morning with a 27 line item to do list. Right. And I'm going to leave disappointed at the end of the day Mm -hmm. because I didn't check all those things off. Right. So we need to find a way to let the most important things rise to the top Mm -hmm. and you have to leave room in your schedule. And I manage a a bunch of people. And so my day is not always entirely mine because things that come up and it's my job to help them. Mm -hmm. So I have to build in time in my day um, that let me react to the day as well. I want to own my day, but it's not realistic for me to um, do that 100% of the time because I have individuals with needs and jobs that they're trying to get done that they depend on me. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. Well, you, I mean, I just, I, I love talking to you as a woman, as a lady that's leading so many people. What would be your message to our listeners who are like, I, I hear what she's saying. It seems so easy because as you're talking, it does seem so easy. But I also know it's been years of discipline and hard work to climb to where you have been and lead the people that you're leading, but what would be your advice to our listeners who have a dream or a goal that they want to go to, and they don't even know where to start? What would you say to them? Yeah, I, I, you know, as much as I can 
deliver this dialogue. Um, these are the things that I do every day and the things that I practice and the success that I'm seeing right now in my role right now, but there is a next project that I'm working on and I can feel scrambled and disorganized yeah. and how am I ever going to get there? You know? Right. Um, so I, so I, I feel, I feel that I, I feel like I am still living that I'm going to be living that my whole day, whole life, yeah. because I'm, that's for me, that's the point of life is to always work, always grow, always build, always learn. Mm -hmm. So what I would say, um, really the message in my career that has been, um, just, just the underlying piece. So I've had this, um, quote board in my office. I'm a big quotes mm -hmm. person. I love a good quote. It can pull me straight out of the depths yes. of the worst. Isn't mood. that amazing? I'm, I'm very much the same. I'm like, yes, I believe in those words. And it's like, that was in a magazine. Okay. I don't care. It still helps. Yeah, me. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, so Steve Martin said, be so good. They can't ignore you. Mm -hmm. And so that's been on my desk for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And the way that's really come to life in my um, in my world is be so good. They won't forget you. Yeah. Mm. And what that means to me and what that could mean to your listeners is to, um, stay in touch. Mm -hmm. So all of these people, all of these people we get to meet every single day, mm -hmm. um, or come into contact with, um, don't let them forget you. Right. And one of the ways that I do that is two-way relationships, mm -hmm. um, staying in touch. What can I offer them? Who can I introduce them to right. to help their business grow or mm -hmm. make their next, connect, next connection or even find a great vacation? You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be specifically right. business oriented, but really be in service to your community mm -hmm. and be so good. They won't forget you. I love that. That is really good advice. I love that. And I think when we have a servanthood mentality in general, our leadership is going to be amazing because, you know, it's, that's how Jesus taught, you know, he was a servant and everybody wanted, not everybody, but a lot of people wanted to follow him, you know? And so it's like when we can be that to our communities and our families, you know, with our friends it makes all the difference in the world when it's not just a business transaction, but a servanthood. I love that. I love that advice. Okay. My last question is what is your next big dream? And like, can you share that with us? Is it a different sports team? Is it to do something within where you are now or what would be the big next dream? Sure. So, um, I think my, where I'm at right now is really, it's a, it's a three-parter. So mm -hmm. number one is to deliver excellence in my role as general manager of Reno Aces every single day. Mm -hmm. It's so important for me to have success in this role, um, to honor the opportunity and to also shine the light for um, every other woman coming down the line mm -hmm. um, to, to have these roles in the future. Um, second is to grow, um, serve and, um, mentor the people who work for me so that they can go on to achieve their dreams. Um, whatever that might be, I understand right. that not everybody in this office is going to want to retire from the Reno aces. Some of them may just be starting their career. And so for those people who, work their tails off every day to get better, to learn, bring new ideas, really 
um, help this place be better every day? How can I help them get to the next Mm -hmm. level, whatever that is for them? So um, that's part two is really honoring those who who work so hard to make this um, a, a great place that can deliver memories and experiences and um, baseball and a gathering place for people in northern Nevada or, or traveling here. And then the third piece is, um, and I'm trying to figure out like the right ways to articulate this, mm-hmm. but is is fig- figuring out um, how I can be of greater service to women to help them to achieve their dreams. And before, um, you know, you and I were on the call today, we were talking about um, how I sort of uncovered this as as something that would be a part of my life. And it was Mm -hmm. last year at baseball winter meetings, I had the opportunity to serve on a panel um, at the, or speak on a panel at the women in baseball leadership event. And, um, I just felt this fire light inside of me to share my story and to connect. And the room had 350 women that worked Mm -hmm. in baseball across the country, which was just tremendous. And hearing from them and hearing their story and, um, listening to their questions and trying to deliver some answers, um, for them or, or, you know, one little nugget of advice in, in the couple minutes that I had to talk with each of them, how could I help them to be the best they could be, to impact their career moving forward, to have that one little um, morsel of information in their Mm -hmm. brain to pull to when things got tough. And that really inspired me. And so I've been um, just kind of like, I don't say sitting on it. I've, I've tried to speak um, as much as I can, you know, in the community about the ACEs. Um, and then recently I got the opportunity twice to talk to two women corporate groups. Yes. And I just, oh my gosh, I, I couldn't believe it was almost like, I don't want to say out of body experience because it was totally authentically me, but I was so shy as a kid and I just <laughs> felt like I can't believe I'm on this stage. You know, I, yes. it just, it was so exciting. So that's, that's kind of the next, you know, the next thing is how do I serve those three right. roles? And then in this third piece, you know, that involves um, tediously and painstakingly growing my Instagram following right. something that I never paid attention to before, because I'm really kind of a private person. Right. I don't like to talk about what I do every day, but yeah. I, I think that there's a greater good for me to, to serve um, mm-hmm. in doing so. So getting outside my comfort zone and, and sharing um, more of myself and my family um, to, to grow my, my following mm-hmm. um, to, to speak more. Um, so whatever that looks like. So I myself am sort of in this, <laughs> you know, I've got to be like, Right. All in for my job every single day, but I've got this other, you know, these these thoughts blooming about how can I how can I keep moving forward because this is something that really lights my heart on fire. I love so. that. That is so cool. And you have so much to offer. And I think when you talk about being shy as a child, you know, you have grown into who you are today and we're always becoming somebody new, you know, whoever God at the end of it, who he wants us to be, we're, we're every day becoming somebody. And what I think is so cool about your story is how 
it can impact so many women in breaking the mold of, you know, men, general managers in baseball. It's like, nope, I, I changed that. And I think your voice needs to be heard in such a powerful way. And I know for me, when I speak, if I think about myself speaking and if I have the light on me, I'm like, oh man, I start to get nervous or uncomfortable or whatever. But when I think I have a message I need to relay to this audience, it changes my mindset. And I think that's what you've done is like when you spoke at the winter meetings, it's like, no, these women need to hear this message. And once you unlock that, then the opportunities are endless. And so I can just see you right now speaking to massive groups of people and women about your journey and your story. And I'm just cheering you on, following you on Instagram. And so that was a perfect segue into for our listeners that would want to follow you, how would they get in touch with you on social media? Yeah, sure. So on Instagram, I'm Emily Jansen. So um, Emily is spelled the old fashioned way, E-M-I-L-Y, um, but my last name is J-A-E-N-S-O-N. So little tricky vowels to get through, but um, <laughs> when I was when I was thinking about you know, what that looked like for me, it was just me. I didn't have mm. some type of, um, you know, moniker that I wanted to include. I just wanted to show up as myself. Yeah. And so you know, maybe people stumble over the vowels a little bit trying to, trying to get to me, but, um, but you know, I hopefully will, will keep growing, um, slow and steady so I can continue to, to share that message. And, um, there was one more thing I wanted to say that you were just reminding me of Sarah. I think, um, when it came to speaking, I had heard someone, repeat what Oprah had said. And Oprah said that nerves are selfish. Mm. And that just like hit so me so good. hard. <laughs> I know. So she good. had that Oprah. She's so <laughs> <wise>. <laughs> she is so good. But that's so true. When you really dig down and think about it, it's because we're looking inward. Like what, you know, what if they, what if they don't like this? What if my message isn't right? What if they think I talk too slow or too fast or whatever? And then it's inward. But when we're like, wow, this message needs to be heard because it will unlock potential in the person hearing it, that changes everything. It's like, well, if you have medicine to make somebody better, would you not give it to them? It, you know, it's same thing. Like if you have the tools to help somebody reach their goals and dreams, it's selfish for us to keep it to ourselves, And not that everything we say is wise and wonderful, but if like Oprah's nugget or Steve Martin's nugget that you have that you've held onto for so long have been power for you, think if they withheld those. And so, um, like I said, I'm cheering you on because I see your voice, um, needing to be heard in this world for women, for working women, for, um, people in leadership. And so, I just feel like it's an honor to get to talk to you and have you share your story. And hopefully this will be one more way for people to get to listen to you and learn who you are and what you do. And, um, you know, all these nuggets that you've shared for us to just, you know, help people that listen, push on to so much more greatness. So I just want to thank you so much for your time today. Oh, I so appreciate it, Sarah. You are an inspiration to me and I am a hundred percent honored um, to even been asked and included. Um, 
today. So I, thank you so much. Well, and we have a trip. We were just talking about this. Like we need to go on a trip. And we're like, oh, we are in October. So maybe we'll have like a take two in Napa Valley together where we can um, talk about, I don't know, wine there maybe, I guess, but yeah. <laughs> we can have a, a woman, uh, a little um, something that we can add to our podcast. Cause I think we're going to have a lot of fun together. So thank you so much. And um, those people that want to follow you, go ahead and look for her online and Instagram and then the Reno Aces, which we give a big shout out to Eric because he is awesome too. So thanks so much, friend. Yeah. Hey, it's Sarah Noose, and I believe that you are destined for greatness. Do you have a dream inside of you? You think about wanting more out of life? Well, I have seen incredible life change happen all across the country by women who have signed up for my four-week accountability group. I would love to offer you the opportunity for real life change. Head on over to saranoose.com and sign up. There's limited spots available, but I would love to get to know you, have you join, and watch you conquer your dreams. If this podcast was helpful, it would mean the world to me to have you rate it, review it, and share it on social media. Social media is a big place, and to reach more people, I would love your help. Thank you for joining us today, and remember, you are destined for greatness.